Hey guys, welcome back to the Starting to Scale podcast. Very, very excited. I've not got one guest. I've not got two guests. I've got three guests on the show today. Very inspirational women are looking to, to pave the way for others and help change how females get into tech and lead teams and entrepreneurs. And yeah, it's going to be a really insightful show. So I hope you guys enjoy it. So welcome to the show, Semra, Ifa, and Duque. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, really excited to, to have all you guys on the show. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one for me to, to, to lead this one with three of you on. But like I say, really excited to, to get your insight on, on all the topics we've got to discuss. And, and I think all these topics are, are, are important to discuss as well and get out there and, and make sure, you know, we're being vocal and, and being seen uh, and having that visibility, which I know we'll, we'll touch on in a little bit. Um, but to begin with, let's um, get your guys' backgrounds. So, Semra, if we could uh, start with you, could you tell the, the, the audience a little bit about yourself and, and what you're up to at the moment uh, and your background, please? I'm Semra Tillaby uh, from Amsterdam. Um, I'm working for the city of Amsterdam now for almost 13 years. Uh, the longest period was at the Department of Diversity and Inclusion as a policy advisor. And then I made the switch to uh, economical affairs at the city of Amsterdam, where I am now almost two years, um, the project uh, female lead, uh, female entrepreneurship and more women in technology. Amazing. amazing. And it, it, just, just touching on that then, what, what, does that, what does that involve for you then in terms of that, you know, leading the way with, with female? Um, so I'm basically responsible for creating a conducive system conducive ecosystem for women to thrive uh, for uh, to get more women into tech on the on the one hand and to also um, stimulate more women to uh, take steps into um, uh, building innovative startups for themselves uh, so that we have more equality in that space yeah and, and already there's so much we could talk about there but before we go into that yes. obviously we've got two other guests on the show today um, so if we could start with with you, Duca, if you could, uh, you work quite closely with Semra as well. You know, what's your what's your background and uh, and what are you up to at the moment? Yeah, uh, so I'm Duca van Buren. Uh, yeah, I worked seven years uh, to build up startup hub B Amsterdam in the in the west of Amsterdam, and that was a roller coaster. It was really fun to build something out of nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, but after seven years, it was time to do something with all the. Yeah, the things that I have seen there about entrepreneurship, about women in tech, and um, that's why I uh, decided to join We Rise. And We Rise is a program that empowers women in tech and entrepreneurship. Yeah. And we want to work with startups, government, and corporations to help to move the needle actually on, on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, so yeah, that's very closely that we also work with uh, Samra. So we're really happy about that. Um, and now what we see that we already do a couple of programs uh, about coding, about data engineering, and um, we just start like a pre pre accelerator with uh, 10 female entrepreneurs, future female entrepreneurs. Um, so yeah, it's really getting started right now. Yeah, and that is certainly something we'll come straight back to um, about the, the, the accelerator program. I'm really keen to, to hear a little bit more on that. But I know both of you guys have been working very closely at the moment with, with EFAT. So EFAT, tell us a little bit about what you're up to and, and how you've worked with, with Duque and, uh, and Semra as well. Thank you, Will. Um, so yeah, I'm Effort Rose Gill and I'm the founder of Code to Change. 
um, which is an organization working to reskill and upskill women um, so that we can move the needle on uh, the amount of, well, the number of women who are in the tech sector. I've been working on the project for more than, well, on the topic itself, I've been working on it for more than 20 years, um, being, being a women's rights activist, and uh, I've worked on the topic globally. However, in the Netherlands ecosystem, I've been working for the last seven years together with uh, stakeholders from both private um, and public sector so that we can make the, the ecosystem a bit more inclusive. Um, so that's in a nutshell what we do. Um, yeah. We're working together with the um, We Rise and Duke um, and Samra basically um, <laughs> to, uh, to train more women in the emerging tech like AI and uh, machine learning. Um, but we'll talk more about that, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And to, to begin with, then, there's, there's an interesting thing you mentioned that you've worked in it with for over, I think you said 20 years um, now, trying to change things. How do you think Eva, things have changed over the last 20 years? You know, has there been, uh, is it better now is what I'm saying? How, how has it changed over the last 20 years for you? Right. Um, so I worked, as I said, I worked internationally, so in different geographical locations, and uh, I started my work in Asia, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Pakistan, to be more uh, precise. And uh, what I noticed was that when we were starting out, we still had to work on the awareness part, the awareness raising part, like these are our rights and this is what needs to be yeah. worked on. Now, women are today, they are more aware. And they are, they were always powerful, I believe, but now they're more vocal about um, their, the, the space that they want or the goals that they want to reach. And that is a, a huge change that I see um, during my journey uh, that they are, yeah, they know this is their right. And they're now fighting to make their place both at workplace or in the society in general. So yeah. that's that's promising. Uh, we're still not where we need to be. It's there's still an estimate that to achieve gender equality, it's still going to um, it's going to take us 175 years, given the pace of things now. Um, but we're moving forward, uh, and that's very positive and hopeful for people like me. Yeah, I mean that that's mind blowing. 175 years. Um, I, I, it shocks me. I don't know if that's kind of. It, part of the problem that there's an ignorance maybe um that for me i'm like yeah yeah you know we've got three of you on the show today who are very very powerful women um and doing great things and you know i i'm sat here and, and i think yeah you know i work with female founders um i work quite closely with quite a few ctos who who obviously are, are females and, and they're amazing and they do amazing work and i've celebrated it on linkedin before but to think 175 years you know, we're off from that. It's absolutely shocking. Um, and that's why it's so important we, we raise this awareness. Um, now, obviously, it's a global thing, you know, these issues, and you mentioned what, where you started there. Um, but Duque, you, you know, it's it's in Amsterdam as well, you know, and, and that's where, obviously, we're, we're talking about today and, and where we're, we're based and where we work. Um, you know, what what's what's changed over, over the last few years from, from your perspective as well? Yeah, I think what Ifat said, like the awareness has changed, uh, definitely, but uh, for a certain amount of women. So I see like the early adapters. Yeah, okay, they are knowing tech is important. They know it, but still a lot of like 
uh, young women are saying, no, tech is not something for me because they don't know what tech is about, like that you can help to solve the the waiting list of hospitals, for example, with those skills. Um, And that's a a, a fair point. Like everyone wants to work at Instagram, for example, but no one wants to work in tech. And I think we need to to get those women visible who are already working in in this like industry. Um, Yeah, to... Yeah, let them know more about, okay, what what are you going to do if you're going to work in tech? And I think, of course, in the end, tech is the future. So you're, everyone is going to work in tech, but they are not aware of that yet. And I think also the schools and the universities and even high schools and then primary schools are still a bit behind. So it's good that we are now like joined forces and we are like really on it. Um, but still we need to, yeah to have that impact more to work and collaborate more together yeah. instead of like separately. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think it, it, it has to be everyone involved in this. It can't just be a, a minority kind of pushing this. Um, and that's where the work of, of local governments um, and, and global governments really it have to, to kind of encourage this. Um, and uh, Semra, if, you know, if you could maybe touch on that, you know, the work at Startup Amsterdam, you know, how, how you guys are uh, are really helping um, and, and lead the way and, and, you know, encourage that, you know, what, what, what have you found and, and how are you helping kind of raise that awareness at the moment? Yeah, so um, what we saw that basically um, there's a lack of a diverse talent when uh, working at corporates who work with tech, for example, or SMEs even. Uh, but on the other hand, they are not the ones that actually trying to make the change. So that's where we saw that the government should play a big role uh, in. And that's why um, we started to make this program really big. Uh, but, you know, also when I started this project, it was just a small budget. Uh, and then I saw, okay, but this is not the impact that we need to create in the city. Um, and that's how I did my best to find more resources to actually, um, as we did, build a female hub. Yeah. We could join uh, forces because it was very scattered. So there are different organizations doing uh, uh, the same things or almost the same things, but for the same goal. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we wanted to combine them so that they could uh, create more impact. And also now to make it more easy to get bigger companies on, uh, on our side as well. Um, sometimes you need to, um, as a government, take the first steps. And this is definitely a topic, diversity and inclusion, like I'm working on this topic for, (laughs) I think, also around 20 years. Uh, On the one hand, you can be really sad about it, which I was at a certain point in my life, like, oh my God, this is never going to change. But on the other hand, I have two little daughters now. And if we don't do it, then we won't create the world that we want for our children for the next generations. Yeah, and, and um, you don't need to really explain any more than that. that that's exactly. enough of an incentive for, for anyone out there um, to, to encourage them to, to, to help raise awareness and, and improve this the way things are. Um, you mentioned there that, you know, it, uh, the government have, have, have helped a lot of people and a lot of people are working 
to do things, but separately. How how have you tried to bring people together and not just startups as well? You what we mentioned, yeah. but also the wider ecosystem, you know, the, the, the yeah. larger companies out there at the moment who are who are based in Amsterdam, many of them are based across the Netherlands, you know, because yeah. of how, how big it is with tech. How have you managed to, to bring them into the equation? Well, we're, we're definitely still, still working on it, but for us as a government, it's easy to gain access to them yeah. because uh, most of the times we have helped them if they uh, came to uh, Amsterdam from other countries. And uh, so we have helped them and now we can ask the question. So, okay, so how is it with your diversity and inclusion uh, employment mm -hmm. in your company? And so we have this project, um, let's do it together. So in a way, as a government, we have built credits, if, you, if I may, may say it like that, yeah. uh, on the one hand. And on the other hand, um, because we already supported a lot of organizations through subsidies, et cetera, to do their events or their classes, et cetera, we already have that relationship. So it's easier for us from that position to tell them, okay, but we have this idea and we need you to work together in order to create more impact. Um, so it wasn't, I mean, on the one hand, it was a challenge, uh, but on the other hand, in the end, I think it worked out for the best and we're still, of course, um, it's work in progress, uh, yeah. especially when it comes to reaching out to, to corporates, but I have a very positive, uh, hope, uh, for it. Yeah. And, uh, and if I, how have you found that has changed over the last few years and the, the, the work with start of Amsterdam, how have you found they've kind of helped with with bringing in the larger ecosystem into into to helping females kind of and and, and others and other uh, you know other minorities into tech right uh, the short answer would be by going around a lot of red tables <laughs> <laughs> but kudos to people like samra who actually pushed for this yeah. um so that we don't just you know uh, become um brand ambassadors and we just do the lip service but we actually take action it it was a long journey to get here um when i started working in amsterdam netherlands um back in 2014-15 i remember very well going to to speak to public um public officials you know bureaucrats and i remember that, that this whole thing falling on you know deaf ears like they had no clue about what I was talking about, about why it is so important that we um, that we look at the digital sector as the key provider for jobs, right? Um, it is estimated that, um, well, this estimate has been going around for a long time, that every job, close to 90% of the jobs, um, they're going to require some sort of digital skills, which also means that the bulk of the employment opportunities are provided um, by the by the tech sector. Yes. And given the ratio of women, we don't have the, the exact, exact number from the Netherlands, it, there's still a debate around it, but it's it's low. Um, and um, to to help them or to make them understand initially, it it just didn't happen. It took us years and years of work, um, and together with a lot of organizations who were working on it. And and mind you, they're not 
they're not too many, um, they're far and few, who were actually making the noise about the topic, about why we need to focus on the economic empowerment of women, do we need to address the gender pay gap um, so that we can achieve gender equality in a shorter time. And I'm sorry, uh, I have to correct myself here. According to the World Economic Forum, uh, it says it's going to take 135 years um, to achieve gender equality. And of course, the setback due to the pandemic is great. It's it's added 36 more years to that. So it's still wow. alarming for us. However, now both the national government and the local governments, they have a focus on it. I can, I can see it. Um, um, and it, that part is promising that we're still figuring it out, I would say, both as activists, as organizations, as, as government, as the ecosystem, um, also the corporate sector. Um, however, now they do want to do the right thing and they are finally getting ready to take action. A lot of the times there is the intention, however, the actual steps that they take may not match the results that they're trying to achieve, but, but I... I still think this is positive, but because we're at least finally doing something about it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Duke, I saw you nodding your head there, um, and nodding away for for people who can't see this. But um, you're obviously really passionate. All, all three of you, I can see how passionate you are about about this topic, and and, and of course, I, I completely agree. Um, and you know, we talked. You, you touched on there, in fact, the the pandemic, um, and how it kind of created that setback. Duke, if you could maybe expand on that a little bit more and how that has affected things in terms of, you know, making this more, making, you know, Amsterdam in particular more inclusive um, and the setback for, for females as well. Yeah, I think um, maybe it's also due to the pandemic that the women are noticing more that they are in this kind of role, mm -hmm. because uh, that's also for me, when I, when I started working, I always thought, if you work hard, you will come there. That's fine. Yeah. But now I'm also having like two young kids and I see that the, the roles and the pattern that you are going into, that you really need to fight for it to not like get that setback and I have uh, I have also a boyfriend who is working but if he leaves to uh, he leaves his work because the my my son is sick or something then his boss say uh, but your wife is uh, able to go she's in Amsterdam mm -hmm. so it's still I think it's more about awareness about acting on it and I think uh, women now all doing all these like numbers and more like getting aware of it and think like, okay, we need to fight for it because in other ways it's never gonna like be better than this. And of course you have also women and that's the thing where we have to work on like 20, 25, 30% of the women think, yeah, we need to work on this. And there's still a lot to do. Like people think like, yeah, it's fine. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's still the thing. And, and even in Amsterdam, um, and I think we in Amsterdam, we are a little bit more innovative, innovative than the rest of uh, the Netherlands already, like a little bit further in this case. But still, if you see that women not have each other's back, for example, that's something what I just see in around now. And also when building this, this rise thing, like just like. I don't know. Everyone is doing it on a on a different way, but in a different way. But please, like, support each other. Like, when you're on stage, just like promote another women, and that we have really have to work on that visibility together and like have each other back. And that's definitely a cultured thing of women, I guess. I don't know. It's it's weird. 
I just experience every time. Yeah. Uh, can I just step in here? Yeah, of course. Yes, this is a very important observation that we also saw in the ecosystem that we don't, we instead of trying to collaborate, we do, you know, it the element of competition comes in. And I and I don't, I never blame the women for it, honestly. I think this phenomena or stereotype, no, it's 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 it happens, it's not just a stereotype, but it comes from the mindset of um, scarcity so we feel that that you know the 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 resources that exist for this purpose are really scarce um, and if we could uh, help them think from the mindset of abundance and and they and you know promote this culture of collaborating and supporting each other I think that that could really help but it it is really deeply embedded in the in the patriarchal systems that we're all inheriting from centuries and which kind of pits women each other against each other or mm. or female-led initiatives against each other and yeah we need to find a way to 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 solve that yeah. like also it's, it's about hosting a bigger table there's not one spot for one woman uh at like like if you have like a board of six that there's only one spot for one woman like we host a bigger table and i think that's important to like to say also to there's more space than only one organization or only one woman yeah and and that, that was actually something i was just about to touch on because do you, i was going to say do you think people are uh, women in particular are, are fighting against each other for like you said that one spot um when why does it have to be that why can't it be one man like me on this podcast today, you know, why can't, why can't you, you guys, you know, control the table in many aspects, you know, there's no reason for that. It should be about skill, ability, um, passion, um, and, and all the above and, and many, many more traits we could, we could go on, but that doesn't have to be a man. It, you know, it could be, it could be a woman, it could be anyone. Um, and I think that's what's important and what we need to, to really kind of make people aware of. Um, and like you say, don't pit uh, women against women. Pit women against men. And if the women the women are better, then then they should be better, and they should succeed. So I think that's that's the idea. And I think if at the the first time I actually came, Will wants war. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> um, the first time I actually I actually came across yourself, you know, was um, I did a post um, celebrating, and I came across it online, and it was um, celebrating superhero women uh, in tech. And I did a post celebrating, you know, these are all the amazing women who are doing who are doing great things in in tech, um, and, and put it out there. And you know what? It, it, it's probably one of the the best posts I've ever done in terms of the responses on it. Um, and that kind of made it aware to me that you know people out there are celebrating this and, and, and do want to get behind it. It's just not wide enough yet. And we're not quite there. Um, and I think that, that will improve. But there's a difference between, and I'll just move on to this slightly, there's a difference between diversity and inclusion. And that's where we're at at the moment. And, and for, for people out there, Semra, who think, well, it's, it's one of the same. Well, there's 180 nationalities in, in Amsterdam at the moment. I think we remember talking about that in the past. And, you know, why is it that, you know, it's a very, very diverse culture. There's a lot going on, um, you know, across women, men, you know, um, different races, different people, different ages. It's very diverse, the, the, the culture there, but it's not necessarily inclusive, is it? So could you just maybe explain that to, to the audience out there, what the difference is in that? And let's raise awareness on that. 
Yeah, thank you, Will, for asking that question, because I think there's a lot of discrepancy in what people think, what, 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 are, what the words mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, we have diversity. Yes, we have diversity in Amsterdam, but it doesn't mean that we are all very inclusive. If, if there is inclusion, then, then being different uh, is completely okay in a whole. So you feel accepted and you feel that you belong. And that feeling of belonging, that's where inclusion comes in. Uh, what we see in practice that, for example, in boardrooms, when a woman steps in or somebody from with another color steps in, then um, they claim to be inclusive because uh, they accepted uh, somebody who's different in many ways. Uh, but then that person needs to adapt to the rules of the group. And then with rules, I don't mean, of course, you have certain criteria, for example, for a certain board. But with rules, I mean uh, the ones that are not spoken of. Uh, I don't know how you say that in English, but uh, the norms and the values. Um, so then you need to act like the majority. And the moment that you have to act like the majority, then the whole inclusion is gone. Yeah. Uh, and what we see is that a lot of companies, organizations say that they are very diverse and inclusive, Yes, they are diverse, but they're not inclusive at all because a lot of the people who are different or diverse with another background or female, etc., other genders, uh, they don't feel like they belong, that they're not seen and heard. And uh, that's a very important aspect. If we don't change that narrative, then it won't, you won't get any equality in the end and the equity will be the same as it as it is right now. Yeah. Um, so the feeling of scarcity is not that weird in that sense. The numbers speak for it. It's not. It's very normal that a lot of uh, people with diverse backgrounds, of, with other genders from marginalized groups, feel that scarcity and act upon it because the numbers are there. Yeah. Uh, it's still a fact that there is only one female director or a director with another background on certain spots. Yeah. I remember, as an example, uh, at our office at the city of Amsterdam, uh, when I worked at the Department of Diversity and Inclusion, it was really fun because we had, it was one of the most diverse uh, teams I've ever worked in. Everybody was from a different background, gender, etc. everything. Uh, so I worked in that environment and then I, I've sell, I have another background as well. And I saw this guy in a meeting at another spot, uh, we were in the, you know, the, the co-working space and he was calming his beard. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? This is not normal. You shouldn't <laughs> do this in an office space. He was just having the meeting, you know, and then calming his, his beard. So I had a judgment about that. Yeah. So, and that's also, I think the tricky part of the whole discussion, how, how, uh, how much is he supposed to be himself in a meeting? So what are the rules about having a meeting yeah. <laughs> according to whom, you know, yeah, yeah. That's on the one hand, on the other hand, we live in a Dutch individualized society where it's very normal that big business deals or projects are divided during the Friday afternoon drinks. Yeah. But if you have a Muslim background yeah. and you don't, don't drink alcohol, for example, yeah. They most of the times either don't go to these drinks or uh, do not seriously don't realize that this is the case, yeah, which yeah. I saw with my colleagues. They didn't know that it that this is Dutch culture, 
that a, a lot of environments do this. A lot of organizations and companies do this. Yeah. We had to talk about it and then the topic came onto the table. Okay. Um, so cool. those are also things like, oh, can we then maybe organize different kinds of gatherings instead of only the Friday afternoon drinks yeah. in order for everyone to feel welcome. Okay, so how do you change that though? How, how do you change the way a company, an established company, for example, I mean, how do you change the way that, that that's done? Um, is there a way, does anyone have any ideas on, on, on what you may be seeing in the market and how that's done? And that's kind of an open question, that one, because I'm sure you've all got kind of some ideas on, on, on how to change things. Maybe Duco, we start with you uh, on that one, because I've got to really make sure I, I navigate that. But yeah, uh, so you know, I'll speak at once. But yeah, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you think it can be changed? Yes, I think. But I think everyone needs to be involved. So it's not only the one who is like the minority who has to say, like, we have to do this. Yeah. But it's like a team effort. And also sometimes just sub, sub, uh, probably a CEO effort. Like, okay, we're gonna do this, we're gonna handle this and I don't tolerate any other more like behavior in this. And I think that's the most important thing because now what you see a lot is like, oh no, I, do, I don't have anything with DEI. No, that's, that's one is working on that team. And I think the, the yeah, DEI has to be like in your DNA in the end and everyone has like a certain, example or maybe a sister or a mother or I don't know some experience who are working on this and I think everyone needs to work on it and not only one individual to get like oh are you gonna think of other like gatherings that uh, everyone feels involved no just together a team effort I think that's the most important thing yeah uh, if I, for yourself do you have anything um, to add to that of course, of course, I agree with Duke on that. The burden of solving it shouldn't fall on the person who is in minority in that company. We've had, when we started our women in tech community uh, for our boot camps, um, we would get a lot of these stories from these women in tech who were like the only female in the engineering team and, and the manager would come to them and say, you are a woman, tell us, how can we solve this? And imagine the immense pressure that it puts on that one person yeah. who's there to do you know, their daily job. They're not there to solve the company's okay. issue with inclusion and diversity. And that was really heavy. They would come to us and ask us, okay, how do we solve this? How do we navigate this? Well, that, well I think it, like Duca said, it has to come from top. Like, okay, we, you know, this, this jargon about, oh, you don't fit in the company culture, that whatever that culture is, I think the companies need to define that. What do they consider as the company culture and the values of um, diversity and inclusion needs to be incorporated um, in those values. And, and then it has to trickle down at every single level, you know, especially when they are recruiting, because that's where a lot of the <coughs> problems exist they they it it is known in the industry that they just kind of um brush aside different um looking cvs for example uh, and then this is for both the gender and for um ethnic ethnicities for example it, it's yeah. true for all of all the you know minority groups they they simply just because of the stereotypes they just don't consider them uh, so it really needs to come from top down and um we you know what the companies need to do is is a thorough diagnostics of what 
and how their company is doing wrong and why they are not attracting the right diverse talent that they are um, that they are so um, inclined to hire but have not put policies in place to actually make it more welcoming. I mean, if you go and interview their um, employees who are from a minority background or underrepresented background, you will hear the actual realities of what goes on in that company. And um, I think that is something they need to look into first in order to make a strategy on how to actually start improving it. Yeah. And one thing, I'm glad you kind of brought us onto that because obviously, you know, I don't, it's not about recruitment this podcast and it never will be, but it, it's obviously where I work and that's my base. Now, one thing I'm seeing um, a lot more of from, from a few clients is the is, uh, the, the anonymous CV. So like, here's a CV. Do you want to inv- interview this person? No contact details on, no names. Um, it is simply a, a, a profile of uh, a, a good JavaScript developer. Do you want to hire, hire he, she, her, them, you know, have a look at it? And it seems to be working. It seems to be helping, I think, with that initial that initial stereotype you mentioned there, you know, where it's like, oh, no, no, maybe not, not for us. But there's no real reason all these better candidates in the process. Well, I, I don't agree. So if I took the name off, would you interview this person? And usually the answer kind of changes. Um, do you think that's got a, 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 a possibility now moving forward? Do you think that's a, a good idea to, to go there um, if I, from, from your point of view? Yes, definitely. Some companies have been trying to work with that and it has worked really well for them because mm-hmm. then they hire based on the skill and the talent and not based on whatever backgrounds that, you know, that makes them different from the others um, that are in, in a majority in that company. Um, however, um, we, I think it, it doesn't just stop there because then are, do we know that um, is the, once this company, this person ends up in that company um yeah then what happens right is the company or the or the employee the other employees who they're going to be working with are they ready to make that person welcome or a lot of the times we heard that um if women get hired based on their talent they still get you know comments like oh you must be a diversity hire or something like that and then again they are still not they still don't feel that they belong there, right? Um, and what that happens is it a it creates a toxic environment for them um, in their within their work, and it it of course stops their growth because they're not going to be considered for promotion, and their career journey is going to be affected by that hugely. So it's not just one step that they need to take. They really need to, it's a multi-layered problem. I always say this. So they really need to look at all the levels or and all the processes so that they can really um yeah put you know put their money in their mouths. Yeah, yeah. I mean we, we spend a lot of money on in tech in particular on, on learning and development um for, for engineers, for for product owners, for people in the business. Um, do you think there's there's more room that maybe that's there should be a bigger budget, Duca, for 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 people who, you know, for for di, DI you know, for pe- for training on that, for awareness on that? Do you think there should be courses within the companies? Because yes, we can get these people hired by doing it anonymously and, and getting them in the company. But as if that's just said, that's not solving the issue completely. Do you think maybe more spend should be put into to divide diversity and inclusion and training and awareness on that? Yeah, I think 
definitely uh but then also look at it individually and also have like avoided tokenism so that someone is not like feeling welcome also to yeah, do it the opposite so let other women also be like on stage get them visible make them a personal branding so really work on everyone's personal efforts so not only just like you see a lot of like in-company bias trainings yeah but that's already biased on for on beforehand. So I think it's 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 good that you attract like talent or programs from outside, get them inside, maybe different groups together, different teams together to create also safe, like a safety environment, because now for yeah. a safe environment, because now you see certain teams together already have some kind of culture. That's the same thing when I was in class in middle in high school. Like yeah. you already have your spot in there, so you are, yeah, still positioning and, and you want to have that position. So I think it's good to do it like all company over, but also outside of the company, just like real stories, real experience from people yeah. um, who are really ex expert on it or experienced on it, because that's real stories will help. Like, yeah give them like something to think about and not only, oh yeah, I have to do it because it's important, for example. I don't know, just like they have to feel it, like they have to feel it in their DNA. So I think it's important to have like attract programs outside uh, from other organizations and to hustle teams together to do this kind of programs. Yeah, and, and I mean, conferences, meetups, tech groups, it's huge across the Netherlands. Um, maybe there's a space and for, for more stuff, not just on let's talk about the new technology. Let's talk about diversity and inclusion. Uh, that, yeah, that's also like, sorry to interrupt you, but that's also a culture thing because the tech groups and everything, that's also a thing. Like if you are uh, women in tech, like now the tech is also really a homogene culture. It's all like a bit nerdy. Everyone has like their own projects outside of, of tech. If you are uh, getting higher they asking like what kind of products are do you more and if you say like oh yeah I'm I like to hang out with my friends or go to the to the <laughs> to the movie it's a different thing then you're not qualified enough because you're not that techy and yeah. that's also a thing that the tech world has to work on that uh, there are also flexible contracts for example so less hours than 48 hours a week or um, yeah that it's not that you don't have your like hobby or passion about tech. No, you just like working in tech and you want to work in it and not uh, having a whole coding bootcamp during the weekend because you have other things to do, for example. And I think that's also a transformation that the tech world and the culture needs to make. Yeah, and I, you know what? I, I see that a lot and I've hired for, for companies over my time, you know, who have said, yeah, we need people who, who are tech through and through. You know, they go home and work on tech every day and, that'll make them a better developer. It's not necessarily the case. And you mentioned culture. They say they'll fit into the culture. There's no reason why, I mean, we work in recruitment and, and, and we work some, some crazy hours. Um, but what I found is that's how I was brought up to do that at my age. The, the, the new guys, the juniors, just hired some people into the team, you know, they, they can go home at five o'clock. It's fine. It, they get their work done. They're doing just as well as me. But my my kind of culture tells me that I've got to work until eight o'clock at night um, or twenty four seven, as I always say. So, you know, it, it it's got to change, and I think it it, it will um, as the next generation come through. And that's not just in in in, in yeah. tech and recruitment, but across various different industries. You know, it will change. 
Um, but like you say, and like we've touched on, you know, it takes time. Um, there's also incentives. I mean, we've talked about the hiring process now. We've talked about how we can change cultures. Um, but Semra, th there are incentives as well to diversify and be more inclusive um, from, from governments, such as I know the 30% tax ruling is one to, to help people uh, and, and relocate people. But do you think it, it, it's enough from your point of view to, to incentivize to, to companies to, to hire more diversely? Um, no, I don't think that it's enough. And we're still very in the start. I think the US yeah. does it better than we do. Okay. Uh, they are more strict. And for example, if they have projects where you can sign into, then uh, one of the project writers needs to be from another background or in at least from a marginalized group, uh, which I think is a very, very good one. We're taking steps, at least as a city of Amsterdam. I don't know how it is on a, uh, a national level. Um, but, you know, the, the thing is that you were just mentioning about, um, I hope that the, this system will change in a way that you feel that there is more space to be different or more authentic as you would want to be. And I truly believe that it starts with yourself. As I say in my WhatsApp, uh, be the change you want to see in the world. And uh, that's really what I learned. So the moment that I wasn't scared of losing my job anymore, because that's the underlying thing then I started to open my mouth yeah and then I started to really be myself and be my authentic self and what I saw then is that that I was more accepted than I thought in the first place than I was scared of, scared of in the first place um so I I try to tell that to a lot of young young people when I get the chance um I, I have had many moments at the city of Amsterdam and I tell that to the city of Amsterdam where I didn't feel like I belonged and believe me, I am a, someone with a Muslim background who drinks alcohol, who knows the drill. And, you know, I did everything to be, be, be accepted, but still, there are still in interviews, et cetera, where my, my other background was put upon my face, right. was thrown in my face. And, and, and the, the judgment that I made them for myself is, okay, Samra, are you walking away right now? Or are you going to step in? and then try to take to make the change and the last one i think is the best one to do because that's again feeling responsible for others than only yourself or your own ego that at the moment at that moment feels very small mm. um and 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 i think that's the most important thing to we and and also like I do not believe that it's ceo level that needs to be changed because there you see that most of the people would agree yeah but the middle management is the biggest challenge. My husband is also a recruiter and the discussions and the debates that he has as examples with managers that do not want to hire certain people because they think that that person doesn't fit the team culture. Yeah. It has everything to do with exclusion, discrimination, etc. Yeah. And I'm not telling that these people are bad persons, but they just like to see people who look like them. Yeah. Think like them. And that's very human and we need to embrace that that's very human and if we accept and embrace that instead of feeling attacked that we are this uh racist or etc then we can start to make steps to make that change yeah yeah i think it, yeah you're quite right it's a battle um i've seen if i mentioned war before um and it, it is in many ways a war on on, on kind of past yeah. 
um, and, and making a change towards that, uh, towards a better future for for, for everyone as well. Um, it's not just a better, you know, if we can include people more, it will it will better everyone. It will make everyone's lives better, not just the minority, um, the minorities out there. So I think it's really important that that we do kind of uh, change people's minds uh, and and help them learn new things and, and open their minds. But also, you know, there's these, these various ways to do that. We've touched on some of them. Um, but if you're a, a, a young person now, uh, maybe a, a young female um, for, for relevance, and, you know, you mentioned not being scared of, of maybe losing your job, what kind of advice would, would you three um, give them? And if we start with, with you, Samra, following on from that. Um, it's, I think, most important to stay true to yourself. Yeah. Really, to stay true to yourself and trust that that's okay, that that's good enough. Good. Um, <laughs> good yeah. advice. Yeah. Very good. Duca, what about yourself? Is there anything you'd kind of say to someone out there, maybe listening to this now? Yeah, I would say that you also have to listen to other people because for a long time I didn't... I didn't see the problem because I was not facing it that much because maybe my background is just like Dutch and I'm Dutch culture and everything. Um, So I think it's also really good to look into your environment, listen to your environment and listen to the experience they have uh, to like, yeah, to be inclusive. Yeah. And and if that yourself. Right. Um, uh, I think it it kind of um, is similar to what Semra said, staying true to yourself. I was the first woman in my family uh, to um, get a university degree and then uh, starting my own organization, something which I had no role models around me to, you know, to look up to on on problem solving. So if you are thinking of doing something which which is out of the ordinary, uh, uh, you know, and off the, you know, off the beaten path, so to say, um, yeah. go for it and, and make sure that you find um, a mentor. It is possible now. Uh, you find a mentor. If it's female, it's always the best, of course, but, you know, it, it shouldn't, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just find a mentor, go and talk to them and, and do what you're passionate about. I think it's more about also what if I was saying like creating uh, role models and uh, because they are there there are some amazing founders who are female and uh, I think um, they are if look for someone who you can like relate to be a role model also if you are a founder be a role model or if you work in tech or be a role model for someone else I think that's important because you can't be what you can see so visibility is key yeah yeah and hopefully hopefully this podcast um many other things what you guys are doing um I, I know you are working very closely at the moment but Thank you uh, for coming on the show. Uh, I think it's been I think it's been really really insightful having all of you on. Um, but I'm conscious, you know, uh, you're very very busy women. So we'll, we'll let you get back to your day lives. But thank you very much for, for coming on the show, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure having you all. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Thank you. No problem.